Your next promotion is within your control, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 132. You've heard me talk on this podcast before about the work that I teach and everything that I'm giving you on this podcast as being Women's Leadership 2.0. But I wanted to go back in time today and give you some of the top tips that I used to share when I was teaching women's leadership back in the day. Because how can you do women's leadership 2.0 if you're not already implementing some of the basic tips that I'm going to share with you in today's episode? Listen on. Welcome to Maximize Your Career with Stacey Mayer, a podcast about achieving your career goals while also being yourself. Hello, corporate badasses. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Career. I'm your host, Stacey Mayer, and super excited, as always, to be here with you again this week. So today's episode makes me a little bit nervous, and I think that's a good thing. (laughs) And the reason why is today I'm going to be talking about women's leadership. And the reason why it makes me nervous is because I have a push-pull love-hate relationship with women's leadership. And then also because women's leadership is my foundation. It's how I got into executive coaching. I am so grateful for everything and all of the opportunities that have been given to me in my life. And I wouldn't be coaching you, delivering this podcast if it wasn't for the work that I did in women's leadership. So I have to acknowledge that, love that, and be incredibly grateful for that. Also, while acknowledging the fact that I have grown and transitioned into what I call women's leadership 2.0. And that is what I teach you on this podcast and inside of Executive Ahead of Time. And while normally I would be spelling out the differences and telling you all of the amazing things that I teach that differentiates myself, that makes me and my work what I personally feel like, and as the results that I've seen in the women that I coach work, quote unquote, better, for lack of a better word, is because of this Women's Leadership 2.0 and the work that I've been doing. But actually, today's episode, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to go back to what I learned through teaching women's leadership and share some of that with you today because I learned a really valuable lesson on a weekly coaching call for executive ahead of time. We have our calls every single week. I coach the women inside that program. If you have a question to ask, you get it answered, right? If you show up to the coaching call, raise your hand. Heck, you don't even have to show up to the coaching calls. I have women who email me and aren't able to make the call live, and I still answer their question. So you get a lot of coaching and time with me inside of Executive Ahead of Time. Just want to throw that out there in case you've been thinking about joining. You should definitely join. There is a woman in the group who's actually inside of the leadership table, which is the next level programming after you do executive ahead of time. If you want more guided coaching from me, you join us inside the leadership table. And this woman is a phenomenal corporate badass. And she was talking about her leadership and something that she does with her team. And she gave us an example. And I'm going to share that example with you later in this episode. But she gave an example of something that she does that she's been working on for a while. And I said something like, oh, that's like, you know, standard women's leadership practice. That's 
what I used to teach eight years ago in when I did women's leadership. And another woman in the group like perked up and was like, wait, Stacey, can you tell us more standard women's leadership practice? Because I feel like I missed that. And I, because I don't teach that, I feel like I teach kind of next level women's leadership 2.0. And I was like, oh, you know what? There's a lot in my brain that I take for granted that I learned through working in women's leadership and like best practices that we used to teach all the time that I never teach anymore because I just make assumptions that people already know it. And I don't think that's always the case. So this woman said, hey, can you put together a list of women's leadership best practices? So at least I don't miss the boat on those. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. So I'm going back in time. I'm going to share with you in today's episodes, the five things that I learned through teaching women's leadership that I've probably never really said out loud. And maybe you've heard it before, but maybe you haven't. And so today's episode is going to be for you to really check in and say, oh, you know what, that is something I'm already doing or it's not. And so I want to offer that to you today in this episode. So before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey. So I'm going to go back in time. (laughs) Another reason why this episode makes me nervous is because it's a little bit vulnerable for me. So I always knew that I wanted to be an executive coach. I loved coaching. I I wasn't quite sure if I was going to coach corporate women, but my background is working at a hedge fund, and I loved working with corporate individuals. I liked being in that corporate environment. I find that I step up to the plate, that I'm my power comes out. I talk on this podcast a lot about authentic power and the women that you surround yourself with or the leaders that you surround yourself with. And I find that when... When I am around other corporate badasses that I tend to elevate my own leadership. So, you know, it's a push pull in terms of being able to be empowered by other people. So I kind of thought that I wanted to work in the corporate world. And so when I first ventured out in executive coaching, I wasn't quite sure where to get started. So as with anyone, you know, it's like, oh, well, I want to do a career pivot, but I'm not quite sure what to do. So I started working for a women's leadership organization in Silicon Valley because I was living in Berkeley, California at the time. Oh, actually, no. At the time, I was living in Palo Alto, California, and there was a phenomenal women's leadership organization that needed like support help. So I started working as a business manager for a women's leadership organization. I wasn't a coach in the beginning, and I was literally stuffing binders. So I call this my climb up from the mailroom story. I started in the mailroom and worked my way up to CEO. (laughs) That's my story really over the last eight years. So I was working and I used to stuff binders in the middle of the night. And I remember recruiting my mom, recruiting my husband to help me stuff these binders in our living room. And and unfortunately, I would often wait until the last minute because it wasn't something that I particularly enjoyed doing. And I would be stuffing these binders, getting them ready. And I was like, one day, I am going to be stuffing binders for my own program. And of course, my husband was like, heck, yeah, you are. It felt really far away at the time. I was like, you know, I'm just sort of supporting other coaches, supporting other people in this world. And in retrospect, actually, when I had this memory pop up 
not this week, but several months ago, I actually cried because I realized how far I had come sitting in that living room, stuffing those binders and wanting something, but not really knowing how to make it happen, which as many of you probably feel that way. If your 3X vision is much further from you where you are now, it can feel really hard and um, confusing at times. So that's how I felt back in the day. But the idea that I wanted to be an executive coach and I would come to these in this support role to the women's leadership and the name of the organization was Platinum Exchange. They're still around today. I'll link to that in the show notes. And I would come to these meetings and I would watch the other coaches and be like, I want to be coaching. It's so clear to me that I need to be up there coaching. I was helping the founder of this. Her name is Carrie. And I was helping her. I was driving in her car one day. And I remember telling her, I want your job someday. I want to own my own business. I want to be coaching women. This is what I want to be doing. And it's funny because also in retrospect, I look back at that and often I give advice to my women today, like just tell your boss that you want their job someday. This is not something that we taught specifically in women's leadership, but it's what I believe. It's true. And it really opened the door to her becoming my mentor. And really, she said, absolutely. And she became my guide and showed me the way I got my coaching certification. And now fast forward to today, which is I actually had a full circle moment when I published my book in November of last year, where I realized not only did I bypass the stuffing of binders for my own (laughs) program, I actually skipped it and wrote my own book. So this is what I talk about to the women inside of Executive Ahead of Time. I'm like, you know, you could totally get a skip level promotion pretty quickly, actually. You don't even have to do all the steps. So I never even had to stuff binders for my own program. I actually skipped it and wrote a book and like shared it with the whole world. It freaking blows my mind. I look at how far I've come. I'm just, I'm so eternally grateful. So that's my climbing up from the mailroom story to where I am today. But when we were teaching in women's leadership, there were sort of these these best practices, these tools that we would share that would be like the kind of these quotes, these reminders, things that you would write on a post-it note that I really just take for granted because they were just things that we would say kind of off the cuff. And as I get into this, I really want to credit Carrie Holmey and the work of Platinum Exchange and all the coaches because they are the ones, you know, who came up with these quotes. And since Obviously, as I'm starting my own program, I have taken it away from these quotes. And that's why you don't hear me say these very often because it's somebody else's work. And I do my own thought leadership now and might have my own process that works for me and my clients and, and quite frankly, produces these like phenomenal results in a very short period of time. Women are getting promoted, getting paid more. And this is the work of my life and my focus. But when I look back at women's leadership, And the work we did with Platinum Exchange, I realized like, oh, yeah, of course, we would say that all the time. So I'm just going to start with the example of the woman who was talking inside of Executive ahead of time, and she was sharing an example. And what she was talking about, so she was in a meeting with the leadership team, and there was a man who spoke up in the meeting, and she came up with this idea and had been talking about this idea of something that she was working on. The man said the exact same thing that she said and basically took ownership of her idea. 
So this is something that you may have experienced, unfortunately, where somebody else takes credit for your idea, especially if that person is higher up than you. And sometimes they may not even know that they're doing it, but 90% of the time they kind of do, but they're just like, oh, I'm in charge. Like I can take that, right? She's down there. And so she works for me. So I can just take her idea and run it up to the CEO and say, it's my idea, right? Like that's what I do. And you'll see that a lot in in companies. And if you haven't experienced that directly, good for you. (laughs) This particular woman was sharing how she handled it. And she said that basically in the meeting itself, she raised her hand. This is an in-person meeting, but you could totally do this on Zoom as well, where you could sort of raise your virtual hand or even speak up. And you could say, oh, I'm so glad that you like my idea. Stop talking. Full stop. I'm so glad that you like my idea. I just raised this idea yesterday to the CEO or something like that, where you bring the conversation back. Like, so you're not negating that person's idea, but you're basically saying, hey, isn't that great? And then, you know, he's like, yeah, I have this wonderful idea. And you're like, oh my God, that's so great because I also have that wonderful idea. Actually, I was just talking about it. We're taking the high road. We're not making that person look stupid in public or anything like that, but we're basically owning our own responsibility and the credit that where the credit is due. I'm the person who came up with that idea. And so I said, oh yeah, that's like standard women's leadership. When somebody takes your idea, you just say, oh, I'm so glad that you like my idea. And of course, the other woman in an executive ahead of time was like, what? I never even thought about that. I was like, oh, I have to create a podcast episode of all these women's leadership isms, (laughs) you know, so that's one. You can write that down, take it, do what you want with it. Another thing that we used to talk about is if you want to be seen as more strategic, use the word strategic. And this one I loved. I thought this was freaking brilliant. I think Carrie said this at one of our weekly meetings. And I was like, what? And she's like, if you want to be seen as more strategic, use the word strategic. And this is such a simple tool that you can begin to implement yesterday. So whatever it is that you want to be seen as quote unquote more of, just start using that word in conversation. It's so freaking brilliant. It works every single time and you need to start doing it yesterday. Again, simple to me in my mind, but maybe you've never thought of it. So I'm glad and happy to give that and throw that your way. Something else that seems obvious to me, but maybe not obvious to you, is if you're physically in a meeting, and now that you're going back into the office more and more, and you would normally be cold in the conference room, wear a sweater, right? This was literally like, (laughs) we would actually go through these checklists of things and say, wear a sweater. And the reason for that is, is women tend to not wear the same clothes as men, obviously. And so we'll be wearing like short sleeve shirts and things like that in meetings. And the recommendation is that instead of sitting there with your arms crossed, like rubbing your arms cold as can be, wear a sweater, wear a sweater, wear a jacket, come dressed appropriately for the temperature of the room. I thought that was so freaking brilliant because it's it's a simple thing. You can start doing it today. But what we're trying to do and in the work of women's leadership is create a level playing field as best as possible. 
if the men are dominating the conversation, like literally just through their presence, like let's say the room is filled with 90% men, their voices tend to be deeper. They tend to have stereotypically a sort of interruptive nature. So the voices get louder in the room. They're interrupting each other. They're talking over each other. There's like this testosterone growing in the room. And then you're like, uh, I'm not interested in playing this game. So you play small. And so it's like we can set ourselves up for success just by wearing a sweater. Another example that was so brilliant, I thought, was that I think it's like, oh, gosh, I don't have the percentage in front of me. But, you know, the majority, say, of CEOs are over six feet tall. There is an actual percentage of the number of CEOs that are over six feet tall. And the same goes for men in the room that you're in physically. This is only if you're in the physical room. And the suggestion was to raise your seat up a little bit higher. And this also forces you to sit up straighter because when your seat is a little bit higher and maybe you even have heels on, right, which is awesome, wear your heels or don't wear your heels, and you're sitting up straighter, you're going to take up more space. You're going to be ready to interject as needed. And I guess how to translate this into the virtual world is turn your camera on, right? Be ready, have the intention to interject as needed in the conversation. So again, these are just standard practices that that we would talk about. And, and sometimes they, they kind of like, I would take them for granted. They would sound a little bit silly to me, but they really do help, especially when we're looking to even the playing field. We're looking to be included in the conversation. Another person that we would talk a lot about in women's leadership is we talked about Amy Cuddy. And Amy Cuddy had a, developed a practice, and we'll link to her TED Talk in the show notes, called Power Poses. And this is a way of getting energy into your body. So some people would call it faking it until you make it. And I don't really like faking it until we make it. I think that's not that useful. And especially... So this is going to take me on my rant of the work that I'm doing today. But if we fake our way to the executive suite, what's going to happen is we're still going to be isolated. We're not going to have that voice at the table. We're going to constantly feel like we have to prove ourselves. And, you know, so I'm not interested in anything faking it, but I am interested in setting you up for success. And so she gives an example of before an interview in general, you're staring at your phone, you're kind of swiping through emails, maybe you're even looking down at your notes. And think about this, even if you prepare for an interview virtually, what are you usually doing right before the interview? There's like two camps. So let's say you have an interview coming up and you want to give yourself zero time. So you book the interview right after a meeting that you had. I think that's fine because you're going to show up as that corporate badass. You're going to be like, ready to go. Okay. Oh, wait, now I realize I'm going off into what I think. <laughs> this is what I always do, right? Everything you hear on Maximize Your Career is about me. It's my brain. So I basically take what I learned in women's leadership and change it into what I believe and what I see actually works. So that was sort of a tangent that I realized I was going on. Now bring it back. So simplistically, Amy Cuddy would talk about power poses. And quite frankly, what she would say is, put your hands on your hips in a Wonder Woman pose in the bathroom before going into an interview versus staring at your phone. So that's a good tip. People would use it. It works. Okay. But the idea is that you come to an interview ready, powerfully, 
and authentically. And then I, you know, like I said, I was going off on a tangent and maybe I'll record another podcast episode about how I truthfully think you can show up more powerfully in interviews. Just from the simplistic standpoint, put your hands on your hips. <laughs> like that could work for you, right? That could be enough to get you into that powerful place. Another thing is stop taking notes. So women, a lot of times will be the note takers in meetings, and maybe they're not even volunteering to like do notes afterwards, but you're staring at your desk and you're taking notes and we want to stop doing that. We want to be present, be engaged in the conversation versus taking notes, um, which disengages it. And as I'm sharing a lot of these meeting ways to show up in meetings tools, I realize that a lot of them are different virtually. Like literally what I would tell to you, we never talked about virtual meetings so much because when I was doing it, Platinum Exchange, most of the people were in person. But now, even virtually, basically, the answer to that would be turn your camera on. Like so many of us don't have our cameras on and we're kind of like looking off to the side. So we want to be prepared, ready to engage versus checked out or staring or typing on your screen or anything like that. So I I do think that is a good tip. Another statistic that I thought is really useful, and this comes from Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg, but it's she quoted in her book, which... I think that there's been some debunking about this percentage that she used, but let's just say, I think there's still truth to it. Men apply for positions if they meet just 60% of the requirements, while women only apply if they meet 100% of them. And so whether the percentages are slightly off or not, I think that the point in terms of women's leadership is apply for the freaking role, put yourself out there, raise your hand, speak up. These are all standard women's leadership tenants. And I think that there's a huge amount of value to all of this in terms of being able to put yourself into the arena, as Brene Brown would say, to show up, to do, you know, hands on the hips, Wonder Woman pose before going into a conversation, be willing to turn your video on. If you're finding yourself with arms crossed repeatedly in in in-person meetings, wear a sweater, you know, be willing to use the word strategic in conversations if you want to be seen as more strategic, be willing to say, thank you so much. I'm glad you like my idea. If somebody else takes credit for your idea, all of those things are so incredibly valuable because it gets you in the room. And this I 100% agree with. So even as I create Women's Leadership 2.0, basically where I'm starting from in everything that I teach inside of Executive Ahead of Time is the basic assumption that you desire to be a corporate badass, that you are a corporate badass and you desire for more. You want to have that voice at the table. Whether or not you want an executive title or not is kind of irrelevant to me, but it's more about how can we claim our voice at the table, not just the seat at the table. And it starts with literally all of these tenants, this willingness to show up, to put ourselves out there, to equal the playing field in terms of our voice, our confidence, how we're engaging in conversation. And then, and this is where I created an entire business, and I I like to call it at this point, I just think it's a freaking legacy that I'm creating. I'm truthfully bringing 
more diversity to the leadership table because not only are we engaging in the conversation, we're getting the titles, we're getting the higher pay, but we're also being included. And so everything that I teach from 15-minute ally meetings, from the willingness to stop doing what you're good at, to step into that executive level of communication, to go after your 3X vision is, is in fact, Women's Leadership 2.0. But we don't want to forget our roots. We don't want to forget the basics and where these tenants came from and why the work, whether or not you agree with Sheryl Sandberg's lean-in philosophy or what we were teaching in Platinum Exchange, like all of those things is so important to just get you included in the conversation. And then once we do that, we can go and do more, which is how can we maximize our career, get ourselves into those positions of influence and power to really create change at our organization from the C-suite out. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye. Before you go, I want to invite you to join us inside of Executive Ahead of Time. Executive Ahead of Time is what I call my little army of corporate badasses that are doubling the number of women promoted to the executive suite each and every year worldwide. Inside this group coaching intensive program where you get weekly coaching and guidance from me, you are going to learn how to not only land your next promotion, but to have success once you get there. And by success, I mean an actual voice at the table, the ability to step into your true, authentic, corporate badass self and a community of other corporate badasses where we're learning from each other, challenging each other, and stepping in to that next level of leadership. If this sounds exciting to you, I invite you to join us now at www.executiveaheadoftime.com. Once you enroll, you will have lifetime access to over 24 core training modules where I break down step-by-step how to build trust with executive leadership so that you get tapped on the shoulder for opportunities. You'll receive weekly coaching and directed guidance from me, and we'll have roundtable discussions with the other corporate badasses in the group. This is a community like nothing that you have ever experienced. We are all challenging each other. We are stepping up to the plate and we're making opportunities happen for ourselves. Go to executiveaheadoftime.com and join us today.